the Sunday school teachers will follow along with them. And as they make their way to their classrooms, if you do have a cell phone, please make sure they are turned off or in silent mode or on vibrate. Um, if you need help, please raise your hand and we will send one of the young adults to help you. Because that's one thing they're good at is their cell phones. <laughs> they're good with many things. Please turn your Bibles or your Bible app to 1 Chronicles chapter 29, verse 10 to 20. I won't have it in the screen, so I'd highly encourage you to please look into your Bible. I'm going to begin reading. David's Prayer. David praised the Lord in the presence of the whole assembly, saying, Praise be to you, Lord, the God of our father Israel, from everlasting to everlasting. Yours, Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the majesty and the splendor, for everything in heaven and earth is yours. Yours, Lord, is the kingdom. You are exalted as head over all. Wealth and honor come from you. You are the ruler of all things. In your hands are strength and power to exalt and give strength to all. Now, our God, we give you thanks and praise your glorious name. But who am I and who are my people that we should be able to give you, give as generously as this? Everything comes from you and we have given you only what comes from your hand. We are foreigners and strangers in your sight, as were all our ancestors. Our days on earth are like a shadow without hope. Lord, our God, all this abundance that we have provided for building you a temple for your holy name comes from your hand, and all of it belongs to you. I know, my God, that you test the heart and are pleased with integrity. All these things I have given willingly and with honest intent. And now I have seen with joy how willingly your people who are here have given to you. Lord, the God of our fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, keep these desires and thoughts in the hearts of your people forever and keep their hearts loyal to you. And give my son Solomon the wholehearted devotion to keep your commands, statutes, and decrees and to do everything to build the palatial structure for which I have provided. Then David said to the whole assembly, Praise the Lord your God. So they all praised the Lord, the God of their fathers. They bowed down, prostrating themselves before the Lord and the King. This is the word of the Lord. Please join me in the word of prayer. Father, we thank you once again for this opportunity and privilege to learn more about you, your will, and your ways for us. Once again, Father, we rely in your power. We ask that your Holy Spirit be the one to give the clarity to your people in their hearts and in their minds. Speak through me, Father. Use me as your vessel. Bless my preparations, Lord God, but more importantly, Lord God, override it. Let you and you alone speak tonight. I pray that our hearts will be humbled. I pray that our minds will be open. And we ask for your guidance. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So we just read the prayer of David. Uh, to the whole assembly, to, to the whole Israel, after collecting 
everything that they have to provide for the structure, for the building of the temple of God. I, titled, I entitled our message, Happy to Be of Help. As we continue in the series of giving thanks, tonight we will discuss another way of giving thanks to God, on how to give thanks to God. And that is tonight, is giving to Him through money. Now, <laughs> I have this smile, and those of you who know me, you know that's an uncomfortable smile because I have a very extreme difficulty in talking about this particular matter. I usually assign this to Brother Richard, <laughs> Pastor Charles before, um, or Vince if he was available, I would have assigned this to him <laughs> because I don't like to be the bad guy. I'd rather have them to be the bad guy. <laughs> Because every time we talk about money, it's so sensitive, isn't it? Just this week, I, um, you know how we as a church, we helped out on that with that family, that, um, with the daughter that got uh, the victim of a hit and run. So we as a church, we did. We, we collected and we helped. So me and my big idea, I, I thought about reaching out to the basketball league that I used to run. So... Um, me and Mike, who visited us a couple times, we were all we were both in agreement. So we just jumped the gun there, and I placed I placed uh, our church as the the avenue for them to give. You know, they could go to the website and click it easy. Somebody reached out to me, and maybe it was a well-meaning um, person, maybe. But the the whole thing is there is there's some color behind it that the money the, the funds that will go through our church might not get to the victim's family so when i when i got that notion i was quick to just you know john please resend that one giving back to this and mike and i just started a gofundme now the, the gofundme has fees and everything but you know but so this this that's how uncomfortable money is for me because now it's the church going to be tainted of, of trying to keep someone's money. And now, guess what my topic is tonight? Money. <laughs> so God's really been playing with my emotions, um, trying to get comfortable with this. But I told my brothers this. I told my brother deacons this and, and our secretary and my sister Jamie. It's better to be truthful and complete with the word and instructions of our Lord than to be safe. Because frankly, the Word of God is never safe. It's, never, it's not politically correct, and it's never going to be always comfortable. So, on our topic, happy to be of help. And the, the bad thing is, if you are visiting us for the first time, and this is the only time you're going to be visiting us, you're going to be thinking the church is all about money. <laughs> but it's really not. The weeks before this, we talked about giving thanks to God through prayer. The, th the week before that, we talked about why, is it it, why it is important for us to give thanks to God. But another way, another way for us to give thanks to God, the God that has given us everything and all things, is through our financial wealth. The first part is the first four verses from 10 to 14. If you look at that, David's heart, if you look at his prayer, his heart was overflowing with praises to God. And you see here that he recognized who God is for who he is. Now, a, give, a, a grateful heart 
is going to be a giving heart. But a grateful heart recognizes who God truly is. The perspective of a person who's truly grateful to God knows and looks at God for who God truly is in his life. Now you look at those verses and he says there, you wealth and honor come from you. I mean, we're 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 I heard that we are in the country, one of the if you are in this country where you are rich, compared to many countries in the world, you are rich because you have water, flowing water, hot water on demand. You can get cars, it might not be the latest cars, but you can access one. I mean you can you can get ripped off by those those car dealers with 30% interest rate, but you can still get it if it's your if you if you want it. If you want it that bad. But when it comes to our money, we, we forget. We, we forget that everything is from Him. Sadly, even believers from time to time. Somehow we put God and that everything is His outside. The nature is His. The sun is His. The moon is His. The stars are His. The skies are His. The trees, the mountains, the sea are His. But my house, my house, my car my money. God stops there. We put up a border where we say, well, that's yours and this is mine. But if you look at here, look at what David said, wealth and honor come from you. In your hands are strength and power to exalt and give strength to all. Right? A grateful heart is a giving heart and the giving heart knows who God is for who He is. A grateful heart has the right perspective of who God is and we and who we are next to Him. In Haggai 2.8, if you want to research it, if you want to see it, it reads there, God speaking, The silver is mine and the gold is mine, declares the Lord Almighty. So even our wealth that we worked for is God's. Why is that? Because if we recognize that everything is from God, even the strength that we had to go to work and work three jobs for some of you. Man, I admire you guys. You guys work hard. Three jobs, two jobs. I can barely keep one job before. And some of you have two or three jobs. It is God who gave you that, the strength to work. It is God who gave you that job. It was God that provided all things for you to finish your degree in order for you to have that, that, that perfect career that you are now enjoying. Now, somebody who doesn't believe in God is sitting there, sitting there right now and saying, well, not me. I worked hard for all these things. It was me who studied. It was me who dealt with my mom's crap. It was me. Not God. I didn't see God there. I aced all those tests. I worked all those overtime. So my money is my money. A buck stops there. But David's different. David, just to give you a little background here, David was about to die. David wanted with his entire being to build the temple for God. But he was told 
No. Because of his sin with Uriah. Because of the murder of Uriah. That's why he was told that there is blood in your hands. You cannot build my temple. But, you know, he didn't go bitter. He didn't, he didn't go pity party for one there. He humbled himself and he was still a grateful man for who he is. And he is the guy that killed Goliath. Right? If we see, if we see David, if you look at David's life before this, because this is the twilight of his life. This is David that killed Goliath. This is David, David the shepherd boy, that was not even called by his own father to be in the lineup for the next king. When, this, when Samuel came to their household and said, bring all your sons here because God told me to come here because the next king of Israel will come from your family. And his father, his own father, forget, forgot to call him or neglected to call him. That's the same David. This is the same David that worked so hard for King Saul, was so loyal to him, but yet was hunted. He was hunted by King Saul. He, he, he was the most wanted man in Israel before, and he ran away. This is the same David that was depressed, that ran into his cave, into a cave, because... Everybody was against him. He felt like the king was against him. He didn't know what he did, he, what he has done to him. Same David. The abandonment of his friends. Same David that his own son, look at his life here. His son, <laughs> a coup attempt by his son Absalom. Absalom, the brother of Tamar, who was raped by her half-brother, the son of David, Amnon. You see how colorful this is? 2 Samuel verse 13. If you're wondering where all these teleseries are coming from, they're probably reading the Bible. Because all the drama and the scandals are all here. Your own son causing a coup. Your own son raping his half-sister. I mean, you can't, you can't make this up. But this same David gives everything. To his God, praises God the way he praises him in front of everybody and saying, I'm giving everything I have. I'm giving everything I have for your temple. And I am praising you, Father, because everything that I have comes from you. Even my strength comes from you. Another disappointment of David is you know, he, he experienced death too. He experienced the, the death of his loved ones, his best friend Jonathan, and then the death of Absalom when he was grieving. Yet despite of all these things, David was humbled and grateful for who God is, for what God has done for him and for his people. He did not sit in, and, and start drinking his bitterness cup and saying, why am I not the one to build the temple? He wanted a way to help. And when he was allowed to help monetarily, he took it and he ran with it. See, if you know what God has done for you, you will see giving as a privilege. You will see giving as a privilege. If you know you know, I met with the family that we helped, the Filipino, fa uh, the Filipino family. 
I met with the family during a viewing of their daughter. And um, so the, the hard thing is watching the mom cry. Okay, and then the father is on, on FaceTime. And I, I just took a peek because I, 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 I saw him just weeping too in view of their daughter's dead body. Now for me, I was just grateful that God has given us as a church as an opportunity to somehow help to ease the pain. There's no way that they can, you know, we could do anything to bring back the daughter or to take away the pain. But at least in one way or another, we are able to ease the pain financially. You know why? Because the, the funeral has cost here. And they've only been here for four months. They were only here for four months. They sold all their belongings in the Philippines, their land, their, their properties, so that they can pay for an attorney to expedite their petition to come here to have a better life here. Not thinking that four months later they're going to lose their daughter. So there's financial strain there, right? So now the father and the brother wants to pay respects to the body because that's what, that's what we do. And there, there's cost to bring the body there. And then there's cost to bring the body out of the customs, out of customs. And then once it's there, you need to be able to set up the funeral or else customs will not release the body. So you're talking to a family who just lost their daughter from a freak accident and is still looking for justice and is looking at a tab X number of dollars. Now try to put yourselves in their shoes. I can't, I can't. I can't even think about it. Much more than worry about where am I going to pull, get the, this amount. Now that's, that's grabbing our hearts, right? That, that's, that's taking our emotions and we're saying, you know what? I'm, I'm glad I was able to help some one way or another financially because that's where the help is needed. Building the temple, there was... There was money needed to build the temple at that time. Yes, prayers were needed. Yes, labor part was needed too. But money was needed at that time. But then look at David's attitude once again. It's not burdensome to him. It's actually a privilege. It is his honor to give back to the Lord God that has given him all things. This is nothing compared to what you have given me, if we were to put it in our own words tonight. 1 Corinthians 6, 19-20, it reads, Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, Honor God with your bodies. If you have accepted Jesus as your Lord, you have been, your sins have been paid for. You are guaranteed eternal life. Your sins yesterday, today, and tomorrow have been paid for. The Holy Spirit indwells in you. The things that you weren't able to do before for God, you are now empowered by the Holy Spirit if you're just willing and you'll be able to do it. But point in case, obedience. Obedience in what? Obedience in giving. I shared my story before where 
you know, when I was going to my, my former faith, um, when they pe- passed the basket. And I don't, didn't really go to church wholeheartedly for God. I, I used to go to church to, to look for attention from women. <laughs> I was girl spotting. <laughs> so I would make sure I'll sit right next to a cute girl. And then when it's giving part and it's giving time, I make a very loud commotion just to get the girl's attention that I am giving. It's in this sense. And then try to make eye contact. (laughs) Because that was my purpose. That was my whole purpose, why I was giving. I was trying to tell this girl, I'm a good guy. You can trust me. Where was I going with this? <laughs> oh, Lord, help me. No. The intention of giving, it's not the giving per se, but the intention for giving is what we're about to see. This is the next one. Giving wholeheartedly. We are foreigners and strangers in your sight. We are as were all our ancestors. Our days on earth are like a shadow without hope. Lord, our God, all this abundance we have provided for the building You, a temple for your holy name, comes from your hand. I know, my God, that you test the heart and have provided for your building uh, and are pleased with integrity. That's where I was going. Sometimes we give because we want people's applause. Sometimes we give because we want people's approval. But God always tests the heart. Here, David acknowledges and reminds us that our lives here on earth, first and foremost, is fleeting. That's also in Psalm 144.4. For they are like a breath of air. Their days are like a passing shadow. He acknowledges that they are giving for God's temple. And they were giving that because they were, God allowed them to give in the first place. It was God who gave them what God needed For God's temple, God gave them the strength to work and to earn so that they can be part of what God needed to happen. They were given the privilege. Having that mindset should bring forth the following questions and decisions. This is the question. Knowing that I can go at any time, knowing that we can all die at any time. Knowing that, what do we do with all these material things now? Are we, is anybody here guaranteed tomorrow? No, we're not. We're fooling ourselves if we think tomorrow, I'm guaranteed tomorrow, so tomorrow is when I'll help God. If God has impressed you to help now, the action is now, not later. Because do you really know you're going to wake up tomorrow? What do we do with all these blessings that God has given us? David's answer is, all these things he has given me, it's going back to him. It's going back to him so people can benefit from God's temple. So that God will be glorified and magnified in Israel forever and ever. I'm giving this so that he will be praised. So do you give because you want God to be praised? 
Do you give because you praise God? Do you give because you see it as a privilege? Or do you give because you were pressured by the basket going in front of you? <laughs> I'm going to get in trouble, huh? I'm already in trouble. Verse 17 says, I know, my God, that you test the heart and are pleased with integrity. All these things I have given willingly. Given willingly. Willingly, the other meaning of willingly is volunteer. David was the, the David volunteered himself to fight Goliath. While no one in there experienced warriors, including King Saul, did not say yes to the challenge of Goliath, except David. He volunteered himself. He was willing to be used by God. Saul gave him his armor. It was too heavy for David. David said, this is too heavy for me. I'm going to go there with God. And then when Goliath was taunting him, he said, you come with swords, with a sword and a spear. I come to you in the name of the Lord. Tonight, I will defeat you. That's the same David. So he was saying here, all these things I have given willingly with an honest intent. And now I've seen joy. How willingly your people who are, who are here have given to you. Now he was praising God not just because he was given the privilege to give to God. He was praising God because the people that he was leading were also joyful. Were also lovingly giving to God and willingly giving to God. You know that is a pastor's prayer. One of our prayers is that the church will also be with us every step of the way, especially when it comes to that financial matter, because there's no other way. We don't advertise. We don't cut the message, and then there's advertisement. Les Schwab tires, come here, come there. Sears, oh no, no, Sears is gone. <laughs> Amazon, right? No, we don't have advertisements. The church only survives through his people. But here David is saying, that, hey, I'm, I'm joyful because your people are also joyful in giving to you. And keep in his prayers, keep their hearts loyal to you. Keep your hearts. You know, I don't know of any other job or vocation. That place with your emotion as much as being a pastor. Being a pastor's emotion is an up and down thing. You know, you just, you're, you're in a hospital, you're praying for somebody who's dying in, with cancer. And then somebody called you like, hey, come see us on floor three because so-and-so gave birth. So now you're here. Because somebody's passing away, you're, you're sobbing. Then you go there, you're smiling. Oh, praise God, look at that wonderful baby. And then you get a text like, I'm having problems with my marriage. Please come see me and my wife later. You're like, okay, I'll be there. And then you're up and you're, you're, you're down, you're up and then you're down and you go home. Then you, have your own, then you have your own issues at home. You have teenagers you have to deal with. You have your, you have your business to deal with. And you're just like up and down, up and down. But in this point here, David was sharing. He was experiencing double joy 
because his people have listened and have stepped up to the challenge to give. How about this? You remember the widow's offering in Luke 21, 1-4? This is the good news uh, translation. Jesus, Jesus looked around and saw rich people dropping their gifts in the temple treasury. And he also saw a very poor widow dropping in two little copper coins. He said, I tell you that this poor widow put in more than all the others. For the others offered their gifts from what they had to spare of their riches. But she, poor as she is, gave all she had to live on. Now some, some get stuck with the, oh, okay, two little copper coins. I've missed the whole context, right? Because the whole point of Jesus telling his disciples this is that the poor lady gave her all. She gave her all. God is never about the amount of what you have given. He's not about the dollar figure, how high it is or how low it is. But God knows the intentions of our hearts. If last week we were talking about out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. This week we're saying God knows the intentions of the heart when we give. God knows if we gave it even when it hurts. Or we're just giving because it's the religious thing to do. We should always be giving to God with a thankful and an honest heart. Not to show off or to get some girl's attention or to brag and to post it on our Facebook saying, I help this. We are to give because we want God to know that we are grateful for everything He has given us. And we see it as a privilege to be able to, be a, to become a part of the work that God has given us. Thanking God is a heart issue, folks. Thanking God is a heart issue. Thanking Him through your prayer, through your life, through your obedience, thanking Him by giving, it's a heart issue. It's not a have issue, H-A-V-E. Oh, I will thank God once I have this much in the bank. That's when I'll thank God, when I become a millionaire. And I'll thank Him, like Jeff Bezos, I just found out that he gave half a million dollars to the homeless on the charity. So, yeah, when I get there, when I become a billionaire, that's when I'll give to help God in the work with the homelessness. Thanking God... When I have her in my life, that's when I'll thank God. When I have him or her in my life, I'll thank God when my prayers are answered. That's when I'll thank him. I'll thank God when I finally have the success that I have pictured in my mind all my life. That's when I'll thank God. That's when I'll thank him. He who is faithful with little will be faithful with much, right? You know the, the, the parable of the, the faithful servant, the, the talents, the parable of the talents, right? The five and the two, they were given five talents, they invested it, became, it doubled. The five and the two 
Three servants were given talents. Two of them were faithful enough to do something about it. One said, Lord, here is your one talent because I know you being a shrewd master. So I dug a hole and I stuck it in there. I kept it in there so that I don't lose it and you, I don't get in trouble with you. God did not commend him. God commended the other two that were willing. There was a person that, that told me that if ever she wins the lottery, this is when he was a very big... <laughs> this was when the, the, the jackpot was about $70 million. This person said, Pastor, please pray that I hit that, that uh, lottery. Because if I win it, if I win it, I promise to you, and I promise to the living God that I will pay for the building of the church. That same person apparently has problems with us giving, expounding too much on giving. So those of you who have no problem giving to God, this message excites you. This message actually affirms you. This continues to encourage you. And you're saying, praise God, I'm being faithful. Praise God, I'm doing what God has told me. Because I find it that most of the time, the obedient children are the ones that are neglected. Because all, all the attention of a parent goes to the one that's the rebellious. Correct? Just like that's the outcry of the brother for the prodigal son. Because okay, his heart was incorrect. It was in the wrong place. But yes, he did not get a party. But this type of messages, this type, especially this, the giving part, it excites the giver. It affirms the giver. Because you know, I know, this is, this is from, from David's prayer. I know, my God, that you test the heart and are pleased with integrity. All these things I have given willingly and with honest intent. I'm pretty sure I'm in trouble with most of you guys now, or some of you guys, I mean. But I prayed, but I prayed for this, and I'm hoping that those of you whom God is talking to, I'm praying that the Holy Spirit be the one to give you the clarity of this message. I don't know who gives and who don't. I have a good idea of who does. I don't have a good idea on who doesn't. I have a question here. Are you giving your all to God? All in the equivalent sense of the one, what He has impressed in your heart. That's for you to answer. That's for you to answer. Between, it's between you and God. My responsibility is to teach you the word of the Lord. Your responsibility is to respond to it. If yes, if your answer is yes, praise the Lord. You have been released from the hook of idolatry of money and that you have seen and you have accepted who God is in your life and what money is in your life. Praise God that you can trust Him, that you can rely to Him. Rely to Him to be true to His promises and rely to Him knowing that it's not your bank account that you get peace from, 
It's not the stability. It's not your financial stability. That's why you're joyful. It is because God is the one that has given you peace. It is God that has given you joy. Amen? If not, this is my only question. Why not? Matthew 6, 19 to 20. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. Now for us to really accept this, we have to also be accepting of Romans 12, 1 to 2. Right? The renewing of our minds. Let me read it. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. What does it have to do with this? Because the world, this life tells us, the more we save, the better we're off. And then if we are ever to release our money, there needs to be a good return. Return of investment. How's the return of investment? See, I'm very careful in trying to tell you, give to God and He will give you. Because that's prosperity preaching, correct? But the truth is, those who are obedient to giving to God, God is good to return multiple times to them. The owner of Circus Circus, with all the money that he had, could not cure himself of paralysis. He had all the technology, all the gadgets to make him better. All the nurses, personal nurses, left and right. But he could not buy back his health. Do we praise God for our health? I don't see anybody dragging an oxygen tank right behind them. Right? No, because, I mean, praise God for those, those, those things. Because it's helping people to stay alive. But if you're breathing with no issues and no problem, that's a praise for God. And that's thanking Him. I mean, imagine the girl that got ran over. She was just on her way to school. She was walking in the sidewalk where she should be walking. If you, if, you, if you are with your children, no matter how difficult they are, that's a praise. Because God kept you safe. God's keeping them safe. I'm seeing, please be careful when you're driving. I'm seeing so many accidents now, like none other. People from California have moved in and it's just been different. <laughs> I'm sorry, is there anybody from California here? Oh, it's just a joke. <laughs> how we see things is mainly how we think of things. How we live our lives is based on a set of beliefs that we have believed and that we have subscribed to. All these things are going to pass. We can't bring it with us. All these things will fail us. Even the relationships that we're holding on to will fail us one way or another. But one person will never fail us, and that's Jesus. Jesus will never fail us. He never have. He has never failed us. When we're insisting on what we want, that's when we're going to get it. Because He doesn't respond to us. We have to respond to Him.
All right. Verse 21. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Most of you know how to see or find out if gold is real, correct? For the Filipinos mostly, because, you know, there's a lot of people who sell fake golds in the Philippines, so we have to know how to find out <laughs> what the fake gold is. But maybe most of you know how to find out. It's, it's by using nitric acid. If you use the nitric acid, if the gold is fake, usually you dip the jewelry in that container where the nitric acid is, and it will turn to green. And you know that it's fake. Or you dab a little on the part of the, ne the necklace or bracelet, and you'll find out if it's fake. That is what you call the acid test. Hence where the, the, the saying says, he's going through an acid test. In Jesus' words, he says, where your treasure is, that is where your heart will be also. That is, as much as it is tr a truth statement, that is an acid test. Now, folks, if you look at your statement, no, don't do it right now, but do it later, and see where your money has been going. That's where your heart is. I have a good feeling that if I say something, people might think I'm referring to them. But you'll see it there. Whatever you've been buying or spending, that's where your heart is. Is it shoes? Is it traveling? Is it clothes? How many ministries have you helped outside the church? How many ministries have you helped? Because there's a lot of ministries that need your help. Right? There's the, the Samaritan purse. You know, we just, we just got done with the, the children's uh, Christmas. Uh, yes, the Christmas box. We're going to have the Lottie Moon. We ask help for that family. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Now, folks, that's for you to find out, okay? This is your acid test. How am I financially? How am I meaning, am I obeying God? Because Jesus said, if you love me, obey my commandments. And then Jesus says here, where your treasure is, that's where your heart will be also. First Chronicles 29, 1-9. This is just to show you, because we started in verse 10. But if you please turn to your Bibles again, or your Bible apps, to First Chronicles 29. I'm going to be reading from verse 1. It says here, Then King David turned to the entire assembly and said, My son Solomon, whom God has clearly chosen as the next king of Israel, is still young and inexperienced. The work ahead of him is enormous, for the temple he will build is not for mere mortals. It is for the Lord God himself. Using every resource at my command, I have gathered as much as I could for, the building, for building the temple of my God. Now there is enough gold, silver, bronze, iron, and wood, as well as great quantities of onyx, other precious stones, costly jewels, and all kinds of fine stones and marble. Now jump into verse 4. I am donating more than 112 tons of gold from Ophir and 262 tons of refined silver to be used for overlaying the walls of the building. 
and for the other gold and silver work to be done by the craftsmen, now then, who will follow my example and give offerings to the Lord today? See, sometimes, I know we said here, that, and we believe it, because the Bible says, don't let your right hand know what your left hand is doing. But there are times, especially for a leader, to say what they have done in order for the people to follow. Yes? That's what we're seeing here. Because why did, oh, pff, David's bragging because he's old and he's dying. So he wants to brag. No, he, he's not. He's telling the people like, listen, I'm, in, I'm putting all these in. And he went to the details of it. And he continued, for the construction of the temple of God, they gave about 100 tons of gold, 10,000 gold coins, 375 tons of silver, 675 tons of bronze and 3,750 tons of iron. They also contributed numerous precious stones, which were deposited in the treasury of the house of the Lord under the care of Jehiel, a descendant of Gershon. The people rejoiced over the offerings, for they had, had given freely and wholeheartedly to the Lord, and King David was filled with joy. If you have not given to the Lord, you won't know what that wholeheartedly joyful feeling is. You have not given wholeheartedly, you won't have joy. If you give begrudgingly, you're just going to be resentful. Gosh, here's my $20. Here's a, here's a story about a family who visited a Baptist church. After... <laughs> So the dad and the mom and their son, who's an eight-year-old boy, they were driving home. And the dad had so many feedback, negative feedback. He goes, man, the preaching, eighth grader preaching. The singing, my gosh, I've heard Johnny sing better than those people. And boy, were the people, the people were so cold. They were so rude. The chairs were so uncomfortable. It was too hot. The restrooms were like uh, not updated. They didn't have the granite counters. Their coffee was terrible. It was Folgers. <laughs> Somebody forgot to buy the Starbucks or something. Their cup was plastic. It was terrible. The son was overhearing this, and he was very observant the whole service. He was observing his dad, and he said, Well, dad, it was really not that bad for a dollar. <laughs> for those of you who didn't get it, please talk to me later. <laughs> the evidence of proof for his love for us are countless. Somebody say amen. amen. Hence the need for us to praise and thank Him constantly. Knowing of His love and His sacrifice and all His works leads us to love Him. And with that love brings forth gratitude. And then gratitude brings forth obedience. The place, obedience is the place that contains and where love and gratitude springs from. And that place Oh, that places our hearts. Now Jesus points out that if we that if it is truly what we say that we are grateful and that we love him, and we can see that our treasures are being given to him wholeheartedly, 
with this feeling and with this notion. Thank goodness. Thank God for giving me an opportunity, for giving me the privilege to be able to be a part of this work. What an honor. Verse 14 of 1 Chronicles 29, But who am I and who are my people that we should be able to give as generously as this? Everything comes from you. And we have given you only what comes from your hand. Like the woman with the two mites, she gave her all. Without hesitation. Because she knows who God is in her life. And she knows what God has done for her. And that she cannot, it's not because she cannot afford to give anything. But because she cannot not afford wait let me say that again she cannot afford not to give to the living god that was her heart so our prayer is that we will have the same heart we will have the same perspective as david we will have the same perspective as the woman with the might with the two mites and lastly i'm going to close with this the old ladies from the lutheran church visited the circus and they went to see this strong man. <laughs> the strong man cut the lemon in half and he squeezed it with both his hands to bring out the lemon juice. Put it in a cup. And then after he squeezed everything, the life out of that lemon, put it down and he goes, I will give $200 to anyone that can squeeze some juice out of this lemon. The the lady from the Lutheran church, an 85-year-old lady from the Lutheran church, came up, took that, squeezed it, and there was a drop. And then the strong man goes, here's your $200, but tell me how you did it. He goes, I was a treasurer of the Lutheran church for 20 years. I've squeezed out everything <laughs> for all those years. You have nothing on me, young man. <laughs> Uh, I had to give you guys some jokes because it's such a heavy topic. But, <laughs> but please join me in a word of prayer. as we, Let's close it. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you once again for leading us and guiding us and showing us another truth of you and what you want from us, which is tonight through our money, how we can show you gratitude by giving back to you a small portion of what truly is all yours. Help us, Father, to continue to let go of this material thing and any other material thing that constantly fights for our hearts, our life, our complete dedication to you. We want to let go of it wholeheartedly. We want to give it back to you hilariously. We want to be purified. And we want to come out of that acid test pure as gold as you intended for us to be. Purify us from all these things. May we glorify you and thank you by our giving. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen.